Hello, mothlings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our light. You're listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I'm your host, Wednesday Winters, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is my co-ghost, Susie O'Neill. Hi. It's 3 a.m. You're awakened suddenly from a deep sleep by a sound you've never heard before. It sounds like a mixture of a woman crying and singing at the same time. It is shrill and unpleasant, and a strong sense of dread washes over your body. You pull yourself from beneath your covers and go to look out the window. There, in your yard, amidst the fog and night air, you see her. A woman in a white dress with wild red hair, drifting around the ground effortlessly. Your breath catches in your throat, fear locking your feet in place. She looks up suddenly as if she knows you're there. Her red eyes latch onto yours, tears streaming down her face as she wells out her song. You force your eyes shut, begging for it to stop. The world falls silent again, and when you dare to look, she has vanished. At breakfast the next morning, the dreadful feeling continues to sit in your chest, and you can't stop hearing the sound in your head. The phone rings suddenly, startling you away from your thoughts. On the other end of the line is your mother, informing you that one of your relatives has died. The realization hits you in waves. Last night, you were visited by a banshee. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) Uh, all right guys so if you haven't figured it out yet this episode is all about the banshee so i've heard of banshees before because they're kind of a more known ghost kind of phenomenon but i didn't actually even realize they were related to like irish and celtic folklore no me either um i'd always heard of them Mm-hmm. And, like, I generally knew what it was, but I didn't know that it was, like, strictly an Irish thing. We're staying pretty on theme with the fae folk. Yeah. Uh, it's also supposed to be a fairy. So, again, stay away from the fairies. Yes. Like, I did not realize that all these things were types of fairies. So, they, they're definitely in the realm fairies of, like... terrifying, dude. Like, they just... You do not mess with them. Right, yeah. They're not just little mischievous sprites like Tinkerbell, evidently. They're lots of other things. They will mess you up. They will kill your family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I've heard of banshees even being in in this area, in like the United States in general and other places too. And I know like the Ohio Valley has a banshee that people have cited there because that, that book that I have that had like some of the information I had gotten for like the Mothman episode, that's one of the main stories that that book focuses on. That book's actually called Cry of the Banshee. After I got into reading the history on the Banshee, I kind of understood, though, how that would be possible. Like, you know, how we would have them here and other places, too. Right. So, Banshees, just like leprechauns, and I'm assuming this is just because of, like, because they're types of fairies. But the earliest sightings of Banshees are dated back to the 8th century. And the old irish word for banshee is actually pronounced like beansadhi and then the gaelic term is like bansith um and both of those translate into woman of the fairies yeah from what i read a banshee is pretty much exclusively always a woman yes and it is technically exclusively an irish thing but the way from what i understand that they're like appearing in these other places is it's two families of irish descent yes so 
even though banshees are a purely Irish fairy, they can follow you wherever you go. Like they're not like just planted in Ireland. So like if your family uh, moves away, the banshee can and will follow you. Right. The definition of a banshee uh, from Celtic folklore is a woman who appears and like her mournful keening is what they call it which is you know wailing singing crying that kind of thing when she appears and does that it's supposed to signal that a member of the family is going to die and each family in ireland is supposed to have their own specific banshee assigned to them so and the welsh people also believe this as well that they have their own banshees assigned to them too it would make sense that they would just follow you wherever you go more or less it sounds like the idea of like a guardian angel except it's like your angel of death it's not really like a guard as much as it's just like your family's fairy to tell you when someone's going to die or something bad is going to happen to them right yeah um and i even found that in 1830 the author sir walter scott he wrote a book called um demonology and witchcraft and he mentions banshees in that too like he talked to families in the highlands who told him about their family banshees and stuff as well and that's like one of the earliest writings that you can find about them but their their history obviously goes way back further than 1830 so there's a lot of actually um different depictions of the banshee like it's pretty well exclusively a female it's always a woman yes but they always they look different in like everybody's stories about them yeah and i don't know what all you found as far as how they look but like these i wrote them down in order of what i found to be least scary to most scary because some of that stuff sounds absolutely horrifying to see (laughs) so the Uh, stuff that i found I found that it can look like an old hag, like an old gross lady. Yeah. It can be a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. It can be a weird creature with the head of a bird or a rabbit that has been described from being anywhere from three feet tall to eight feet tall. And I also found one of my stories that I found about it, the person saw them as a solid white deer. Well, I also found, so I have those descriptions, and then I found, too, that some people have described the Banshee as being a headless woman carrying a bowl of blood. Oh, that's not terrifying. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then, you know, most depictions of the Banshee is that she wears a white dress, which makes sense because, you know, you want to be able to see her. So, of course, white, like that's an eye-catching color. But one description also to describe her as being dressed in all black with like long silver hair and glowing red eyes. I'd also but, found one where someone described her as having like very bright like red or orange hair mm-hmm. and red eyes and wearing a green cloak. It's always exclusively a woman, but it can look a lot of different ways. So according to there's a website now this website does it checks out it's just it is just happens to also double as like a place where you can buy stuff at. It's a uh, CelticWeddingRings.com. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got a bunch of Irish history on there too that you can read about. So it's kind of a neat little place. Like, so if you want to, you want a Celtic wedding ring, just go there. <laughs> Hit them up. <laughs> Cause I got some pretty stuff, but uh, 
according to they have on their website, the reason that banshees are women, that this kind of goes away a little bit from the fairy thing because as, as banshees have evolved, like as the folklore around banshees has evolved, what they are has kind of evolved too because like we said earlier, no idea they were even anywhere related to the fairy world. I just knew they were like spirits or whatever. The reason that they're women is because there used to be these women that were called keeners and they would sing at funerals. So like anytime, you know, somebody died, you could hire these, one of these women to come to do the funeral and they would accept alcohol as payment because most of them were kind of like, you know, poor, had substance abuse issues and things like that. So they would, they would accept alcohol as their payment and people believe that they were sinners and that they were you know their souls were doomed because of this and when they would die then they would become a banshee when they died so that's like one of the explanations about them and why they're they're women is because of that specific thing so like it's kind of like the person is so attached to that profession and and also used that profession use death to feed their substance abuse issue and then so they're doomed to be that for all of eternity that's really sad it is it's very sad and now of course too like because a banshee does appear and uh, like warn you about somebody's death people also blame them for people dying which doesn't make any sense you know like they're not causing the death but I guess that would make you not like them because you're going to see, you know, if you see one and you're like immediately like, oh, no, somebody's going to die. Like, I don't I don't want to see something that's going to tell me that, you know, like she can't do anything about it. So yeah, I get it. She's just warning you, I guess. But that doesn't really make it any better. <laughs> right. But she doesn't cause it. She doesn't she doesn't bring death with her. It's just she's just letting you know that it's going to happen. There are beliefs, though, that good banshees are women who watch over their families after death and they are the ones they come to collect their family members when their family members die and that's why they're so sad and like crying and stuff though is because like they don't want to see their family members die but they come to to help take them to the other side or whatever but then there's also the belief too that bad banshees are women who hated their families because of one reason or another and they're howling and crying like sounds are actually in celebration because they enjoy seeing their family members die. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't know what in the world you'd have to do to a person to to make them feel that way. Like there's all th- those are the two uh those are the two big beliefs I guess around them. With the origins and everything out of the way, what did you find? <laughs> what did you find story wise? Okay, so there's actually a lot of uh, encounters with banshees, but I only wrote down a few of them. If you guys are interested in reading more about it, there's actually a book called True Irish Ghost Stories, and it was written in the early 1900s by two guys named Harry L. Nelligan and St. John D. Seymour. And uh, it follows, like, both of their encounters and their family's encounters with banshees. And I'm assuming it's got a lot more, like, Irish folklore in it. Oh, I need a copy of that. (laughs) Add it to the list. Add it to my list, yeah. (laughs) 
But all this info came from mysteriousuniverse.org. But one of the stories in it, it claims that uh, one of the author's mother is like talking about her encounter. And it says, uh, when my mother was a young girl, she was standing looking out the window of their house at Black Rock near Cork, which is in Ireland, you know. uh, (laughs) When suddenly she saw a white figure appear standing on the bridge outside of the home. The figure waved her arms towards the house and let out a bitter scream, then disappeared. The next morning, my grandfather fell on his way out to town and never regained consciousness. Well, that's so, scary. Yeah. So, another story from that same book, and it says, In March of 1900, my mother was very ill, and one evening, the nurse and I heard the most extraordinary wailing, which seemed to come from come in waves around and under her bed. We looked everywhere to try to find the cause of it, but couldn't find it. My mother did not seem to hear it. However, my sister downstairs heard it, and so did the neighbors. And then the mother died the next day. Oh, wow. And there's another story. It doesn't seem like it's a story directly from them, but just one that they knew of. Uh, It says in 1894, a boy who was ill at a local school was placed in a room on his own for schooling you know because he was sick and the doctor would visit him every day in the room so one day when the boy was being visited by the doctor he claimed to hear a woman crying the doctor didn't hear anything and assumed that the illness the boy had gotten had gotten to his brain but the boy said that it was the cry of the banshee because he had heard it before and the next day, the headmaster of the school received news that the boy's brother had been shot and died. So, like, the banshee doesn't usually appear to tell somebody that they themselves are going to die, right? Like, it's just, like, telling them about their family members, I guess. Or friends, from what maybe. I can tell, yeah, from what I could tell, mostly it just comes to someone, like, not directly to you if you're dying, but if you're, like, a family member of the person dying. Okay. There's probably some kind of cosmic law against warning somebody of their own death. Right. (laughs) So this next one, um, it comes from irishtimes.com. And it follows like what we was talking about earlier about how they're not like exclusive to Ireland. How, you know, banshees can follow your family wherever they go if you're of Irish descent. Yeah, I love that website, by the way. Like, for any of this stuff that I've been looking up for Irish stuff, they have some really good articles on there. I love them. Yeah, they're really interesting, too, guys. If you want to check out more about any of this stuff, that's a solid website to go to. But so, Banshees can follow you wherever you go. And this guy, uh, him and his family moved to New York. And he saw it there. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, I was standing next to my bedroom window. We lived in an apartment that was on the fifth floor. The window faced out to an alleyway. It was dusk when I first started hearing the crying. At first, it sounded like a newborn or maybe a cat. Then turned to what sounded like a small child. It was the saddest cry I'd ever heard. I tried to open my window to call out to the person crying. I thought it may have been the young boy who lived next door. I yelled out because it was dark and I couldn't see anything. So he was just yelling to the boy, trying, like, thinking it was the boy. Yeah. And he was like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And all I heard was crying. 
Then the crying changed again and now sounded like a woman sobbing uncontrollably. My mother came into my room and suddenly it stopped. I asked if she'd heard the crying because it seemed like someone may be really hurt. And she had been in the living room and it was a small apartment and she didn't hear anything. And then three days later, we get a phone call that my father's sister had passed away. And then this next one, um, it does have a name with it. It says a man named Patrick Farrell. He was out walking his greyhound one night and said that his dog began to tremble violently with cold sweat drip, like just dripping off of him. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Yeah. He said he could not figure out what was going on with his dog. And then he started hearing the most pitiful sobs coming from a bush. He went to investigate, and he found a almost translucent, solid white deer crying, sobbing, crying, a deer. So he said that he watched it for about five minutes and that he had like a stick in his hand, like a walking stick. And why he would do this is beyond me. But apparently he like tried to hit it with it. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) But it went straight through it. (laughs) (laughs) It said that he waved the stick at it and it went completely through it like it was a ghost. You know, he waved the stick at her or whatever, and it went completely through it, and then it disappeared. And the next morning, they he found out that his cousin in Australia had passed away. So the, the shape-shifting thing does make me kind of think of, like, more of fairies than spirits. Like, I mean, I know I get why people would, like, latch on to the idea that your family banshee might be somebody from your family who died or whatever, but, like, I feel like it makes more sense for it to be an actual, like, uh, like a member of the Fae. And the fact that the early recordings of them, you know, are that they were members of the Fae, I, I still would choose to believe that more than believing that it's just like a, a spirit or whatever. Yeah, I definitely think it's more of like a fairy than it is just like a ghost of your dead relative or whatever. Now, of course, that's not to say that a dead relative's ghost might not come back and tell you that somebody's gonna die or something like that because i believe that can happen too but when you're talking about banshees specifically i would feel like more so that it would be a fairy and i also think too like given the way that they're described to look why would your deceased relative begin to look like somebody else you know like why would they change their appearance completely to become a banshee i just don't see that happening no as far as like the shape-shifting thing goes i do wonder like what the reason for that is unless it's just to like maybe not freak people out before they get their message across yeah or something like that which i don't know like i'd be more freaked out by like you know a lady with a bird head or whatever than just a, <laughs> just a lady but yeah maybe that's the idea like you know, they see like an animal and they're like, oh, what's going on? And they go to check it out and listen and stuff. Maybe also, too, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, like fairies being bored, you know? <laughs> it's Just like fairies doing fairy stuff. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, I got to go tell somebody in this family this message again. Like, I've had to do this for hundreds of years. I'm going to be a bird today when I do it. Like <laughs> I think I'll go with a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Like just changing their outfit. <laughs> you never know. I mean, you know. I'm going to go with a white deer this time. Maybe you'll pay attention. Right. Yeah. That's probably what I would do if I was a fairy. So, yeah. I mean, like, I think overall, 
it doesn't sound to me like banshees are a grim reaper because it doesn't seem like they stay to collect the soul. I mean, I guess they could and maybe you don't see them, but I don't think that they're that either. I just, I really think it's just a member of the Fae and they get assigned to, to be the messenger for that family to, you know, warn them and stuff. That's kind of what I believe that it, that it would be. That seems like the most sense to me. I think more than anything, like a bad rap. Yeah. Just for being the messenger. Like, you know, like the old saying goes, like, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Well, they're just there to let you know. So maybe it don't hit as hard, I guess. Like, you're not as shocked when it happens. There, you know, like, there's plenty of, like, things that happen all over the world that are kind of like little, little messages like that to let you know when a family member is going to pass away or whatever and i guess we all respond to it differently but people really do seem to believe banshees are evil because there's plenty of depictions of them in the me- in media in like television shows and stuff like that movies i know there's a few movies about banshees and they all depict them as being evil spirits and i just don't think that's what they are because i mean you can tell like they they're upset by the news like that's why they look the way they do that's why they sound the way that they sound like they're literally wailing like crying because they're having to let you know like somebody's gonna die they're not taking pleasure in it you know yeah I don't I don't think that they're bad I think that they're just kind of misunderstood yeah I think that they're just straight up sad about it they're just like you know they're bawling crying sobbing like they aren't happy to do this have you watched Encanto yet? Yes. Okay, well, it's like Bruno. <laughs> I know most of you guys have probably watched Encanto by now, but if not, like, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Bruno, like, he, I guess he could kind of be depicted in that same way. You know what I mean? Like, he just got a bad rap because he was the messenger. He was just telling you what was going to happen. He didn't make it happen. Right, yeah, it's not his fault that he was getting those visions, and it's it's the same exact thing. It's like, she's just coming to warn you, to let you know, like, hey, I'm sorry, but you're going to lose somebody, and people are like, oh, they're bad, they're evil, they, they bring death, but they don't. They don't bring death, like, they're just warning you about it. Like, death brings itself. Death is its own thing, like, you know? Yeah, and, like, one of the most, like, worldwide signs of death like most widely known is like crows pretty well everybody knows that like crows are supposed to be like a sign of death and that's actually something that plays into this too because it says a lot of times like banshees will be followed by a uh, a bunch of crows yeah like they'll be preceded by crows and it also says that they could be preceded by screeching cats or howling dogs now i don't know about the like the cat you know i've heard about like dogs i've i've actually personally witnessed this like about dogs like howling when somebody dies but i guess like crows are just um opportunists so it makes sense that they would follow a banshee around because they're like yeah somebody's gonna die i'm gonna get to eat (laughs) (laughs) they're like yay (laughs) right yeah that's like dinner time that's exactly what I think it is because that's that's what they do you know like they're scavengers they eat dead stuff so of course they're like oh this person leads me to where the dead people are like yeah so it only makes sense that they'd be followed by crows because the crows are like yeah I'm ready for a snack exactly yeah oh it's the death lady 
Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, that's just, crows are opportunists. That's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) I love crows. I think they're so cool. (laughs) (laughs) There's all kinds of them that live out here around my house. Yeah, mine too. We're not going to talk about that, though, because now I'm getting a little freaked out about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> they they deserve to live just as much as we do. <laughs> In my brain, I'm, like, imagining a fairy party, you know, like how fairies like to party and stuff. Like, the like at the party, like, you have your little punch table or whatever with all the banshees standing over there at it, like, listening to their emo music. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're so sad because all the other fairies don't don't have that kind of stuff going on. Like, all the other fairies get to do, you know, like, they're just dancing, having a good time. They only see, like, the good side of the world. When they do interact with humans, it's just a mess with them. And then the banshees are like, I literally have to tell people that their loved ones are going to die. Like, I see the worst of humans, like, you know. So they're just over there all sad, taking their shots. Yeah. That's what I'm at. All right, guys, whose turn is it to go tell him Mrs. O'Grady's about to kick it? <laughs> and not not only is Mrs. O'Grady about to kick it, but she's about to kick it because of one of our other fairy <laughs> cousins. Because one one of the happy fairies. <laughs> so um we're about done with our month of Irish and Celtic folklore. For our last episode of the month, our cryptid episode, we are going to cover the Loch Ness Monster. I am really excited about that because I know everybody knows about Nessie to some degree, but I really just kind of know what Nessie's supposed to look like, and that's about the extent of my knowledge. So I'm super excited to dig into that and get into that folklore with you all. Yeah, I can't wait to do a big deep dive on that one because I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it either, but I know there's a lot. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I'm excited to do that. Again, we appreciate everybody for listening, for checking us out, uh, wherever you're, you know, listening to us at. If you could give us a rating, a review. If you don't want to write out a review, just, you know, give us some stars. Like, anything like that, the more of that kind of stuff we have, the more our podcast is going to show up for other people, and other people will be able to listen to us, and we really want this podcast to be successful, so the more that that you all give us ratings and reviews and things like that is the more chances we have of being successful, so, but we do really appreciate you all for listening. If you are not already following us on Instagram, you can follow the main account at uh, the Midnight Moth Podcast. And then you can also follow our co-ghost on their um, on their account. Yeah, you guys can get up with me at TMM underscore co-ghost. And you guys can message us anytime that you want to about whatever you want to talk to us about. Uh, if you all have any ideas or anything that you want us to cover, let us know. And uh, we could try to make that happen for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we also have some plans for some stuff that's coming up. Um, We're going to try to get like our Patreon account set up and stuff. One of the biggest things I'm trying to work on right now is a Midnight Moth movie club. So if that's something that you all would be interested in, please let me know because I would love to do that. I think that would be a lot of fun. And then if you have any stories that you want to share with us, aside from sending them to us on our Instagram accounts, you can also send us stories on our gmail account which is the midnight moth podcast at gmail.com 
if you have any pictures like that you would like to have featured of you know like if you've been to the mothman statue if you've been to a haunted place you got pictures of like orbs or ghosts or anything like that feel free to send those our way and we'll do we'll we'll do a little feature for you just anything paranormal that you'd like to share with us or if you have any ideas for our podcast if you ever hear us misquote anything or give invalid information also feel free to let us know that too because we want to be the best that we can be for you guys yeah we're open to criticism guys it's fine (laughs) (laughs) we won't cry too hard (laughs) (laughs) not in front of you (laughs) only when the doors are locked and the shades are drawn. <laughs> um, oh, also, too, I just want to throw this out there because, you know, all my all my projects are linked together. Um, Pumpkin Guts EP is going to be available. Hopefully, by the time you all are hearing this episode, it will be available for your streaming pleasure on iTunes. <laughs> on itunes and spotify and this ep is all about ghosts and it's based off of the scary stories of telling the dark books so i know that you all have to love that stuff if you enjoy this podcast i know you have to love the paranormal and the ghost stuff so please check that out too (laughs) you guys have got to check it out if you're into punk music if you're into you know ghost stuff creepy stuff it's so good if you're into skeletons you know (laughs) you know the skeletons (laughs) skeletons graveyards uh churches filled with corpses you know pumpkins that have guts (laughs) pumpkins who were reanimated and brought to life by a witch it's oddly specific but i know some of you guys are into that i saw it in your bio i know about (laughs) pointing someone out specifically right now All right, everybody. Thank you so much again for checking us out. Tell your friends about us, and we will see you right here next week with another episode. Until then, we'll keep the lantern burning for you. <laughs>